help me preach tonight? Numbers 13 and 23, then we'll skip down to verse 27 and 28. And then we'll skip down a little bit further to verse 30. When you found it, say amen. And they came into the brook of Eskel and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bare it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. Verse 27. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Verse 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw it saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. I'm not planning on bringing it up after this point. But how you see yourself will determine how your enemy sees you. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. I want to preach for a while about giant's food giant's food don't you find it interesting that the ten spies that brought the evil report said it's a land that eats up the inhabitants it's a it's a land that is not good for the inhabitants but but the inhabitants were giants apparently it was some good wasn't it i want to preach about giant's food lord i thank you god for your presence for your anointing for everyone that's here tonight come on help me pray Let's have a little church. Lord, I pray, God, pour out your spirit tonight. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost move in this place, God. Let the power and the demonstration of your spirit confirm your word with signs following. God, I pray, let the gift of faith operate in this place tonight. Lord, not by power and not by might, God, but by your spirit. Pour out the Holy Ghost here. Help us, O oh God, to hear your word and to apply it to our lives. Lord, let it be mixed with faith in our ears so we can see you do a work of your spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
and you can be seated in Jesus' name. The Bible treads upon the subject of giants from time to time. God did not hide the fact that there were giants. The races of giants that are mentioned in the Bible referred to by different names. Some of these names are used multiple times for one particular family. They are called the Rephim, the Emim, the Zamzumim, the Anakim, and a mysterious race in the scriptures known as the Nephilim. Giants appear in the Old Testament. Og, the king of Bashan, had a bed that measured 13 and a half feet long and almost six foot wide. Of course, the most famous of all the giants was Goliath from Gath. While he was the most famous, he also had four brothers that were also giants. Israel found first contact with these giants in the text that we read during their great migration out of Egyptian bondage as they marched across the Sinai Peninsula towards the Promised Land. When they reached the border of the wilderness, Moses charged 12 spies. Everybody say 12 spies. To go and scout Canaan land. For 40 days they traveled the length and the breadth of the land. The children of Israel camped in the wilderness and waited for the spies to return with their report of what they saw in the land of Canaan. These 12 men, leaders, one from each tribe, returned with their reports divided into two categories. The minority report made by Caleb and Joshua declared the abundance of the land, that it was indeed just like God had said, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as he promised. The inhabitants are large and formidable. They acknowledged that there were formidable men in the land. However, they said the Lord is with us and we should not fear them. The, the majority report also stated that the land was full of giants. We are grasshoppers in our sight, and so we were before them. The majority report was driven by fear, and the minority report was driven by faith. The ten answered out of their fear, but the two answered out of their faith. The facts of the reports were the same. The land is blessed. The inhabitants are large. The facts were the same, but the conclusions were different. And so it is that people can look at the same circumstances, but see totally different outcomes. In the Bible days, men had not reached the same genetic potential as modern men, historian J.D. Hayes noted that the average Jewish male at the time 
of the Old Testament was between five foot tall and five foot three. Amen. Another scholar, Victor Matthews, states that the average male height in the Old Testament period was only five foot tall. The astounding height of these giants compared to the relatively small size of the common man contrasted the difference between the regular and the giant. It caused fear to enter into the heart of the people. And when they heard there were giants in the land, they turned back into the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb, though they had faith and though they trusted God, were doomed to 40 more years in the wilderness because the rest of the people didn't believe that they could conquer the giants of the land. And here you find a great dilemma of faith that often faces people who believe. You choose what you focus on. Let me just say it again. You choose what you focus on. Think with me, if you will, about the sequence of events that had just happened. God had passed over Egypt, and the firstborn of all of Egypt died, except for where the blood of a lamb was on the house. All of Israel on that night put lamb's blood over their door on their doorposts and over their door and while they did that the bible said that they ate their dinner that night with a staff in their hand and with their shoes on their feet because that night god was bringing them out of egypt on that very night the presence of god moved over egypt and the judgment and wrath of god was released on Pharaoh and on Egypt, but God's people that moment were set free and delivered and they began their trek towards the promised land. They got to the Red Sea and Moses held out his rod and as all of Israel watched, the Red Sea parted to the right and to the left and the Bible said they walked through on dry ground. Amen. Not only did he stand up the water, but he dried the pathway between the waters so they could walk to their promise. They walked all night, the Bible said, with a strong east wind at their back. And in the morning, Pharaoh's army was drowned in the Red Sea as it closed upon them. That's a lot to happen in a day or two but it happened just like the Bible said it happened. Then they journeyed from that point to a location known in the Bible as Kadesh Barnea, where the 12 spies were sent into Canaan. There's an interesting verse in Deuteronomy chapter number one and verse number two. It says, and if you notice, it's in parentheses. It's almost like it's just an aside. It's just, it's just a little notation. It says, there are 11 days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. 
It was 11 days journey from the beginning of the wilderness to the end of the wilderness. From the time they crossed over the Red Sea until they got to the edge of the Jordan River was an 11 days journey in the wilderness. So you are now, if you are an Israelite in that group, if you are one of those 12 spies, you are less than two weeks removed from being miraculously delivered from Egypt. Less than 14 days. You watched as the angel passed over Egypt and you heard Pharaoh let the people go. In less than two weeks, you had watched just less. Now just imagine if we had watched the Red Sea part. We'd be tweeting about it for a million years. They're less than two weeks from it. They're just 11 days removed from it. And they have already forgotten about the God that can part the Red Sea. They watched Egypt brought to their knees and they were delivered from bondage. And they watched the Red Sea roll back and they walked through on dry ground. And 11 days later, they have already forgotten that a God that can overcome Egypt and a God that can part the waters can certainly take care of a few giants in the land. How long would we have talked about it if we had seen the Passover and the parting of the Red Sea? But less than two weeks later, 10 of the spies said there's giants in the land and we cannot overcome them. They forgot the Passover. They forgot about the Red Sea parting. They forgot about the dry ground and they forgot about how God had swallowed up Egypt's army. They only focused on the giants. They didn't focus on God and they didn't focus on the miracles and the plagues and they didn't focus on the Red Sea. Here they had the evidence of the fruit of the land. Here they had Within their very sight, when those spies came, when those spies came, they didn't come back empty-handed out of Canaan land. They didn't come back with nothing but, but just words to say, there's fruit over there. But when they brought back, the Bible said they brought a cluster of grapes that it took two men to bear on a staff. But while looking at the very fulfillment of the promise of God, while looking at the very fruit of the land, they completely forgot about what God had promised and came true, and they simply focused on the giants. What I've come to preach tonight is, yes, we have come into an age where there are giants in the land. There are obstacles to overcome. There's not a person in this room that doesn't have some kind of an issue in life that you're trying to deal with. Perhaps it's a health issue. Perhaps it's a family issue. Perhaps it's a financial issue. But the truth of the matter is that there is a God that is able to take care of every single situation. Help me preach for a minute tonight. I'm, I'm, believe it or not, I really am. I do think I'm almost done. They saw the evidence of the promised land. The cluster of grapes so large 
that had to be carried by two men on a staff. It's a land of milk and honey. Everything God has promised is true. But instead of believing the God that overcame Egypt and the God that parted the Red Sea and the God that made a way through the sea, instead of believing all of that and the very fruit that they've seen before them, they let fear stop their faith. Amen. Here's the message. For there to have been giants in the land, the land had to be able to sustain them. The resources of the promised land had to be abundant enough to sustain a race of giants. Resources had to be good enough to feed giants. And the grapes were proof that there was giant food in the land. You cannot get, you all are so quiet tonight. Don't get caught up with the giants. Get your eyes on the grapes. You can't, you can't eat giant food without fighting giants. But God said, I'm with you and you're able to do it. Some of you are fighting giants tonight. You're fighting great trials. But I've just come to remind somebody that where there are great giants, there's also giant food in the land. And I want my giant food. Can I preach to you? Can I preach to you that we are getting ready to break out of the walls of this church over the next few days. We're getting ready to leave the friendly confines of the walls of this church. And we're going right out into the middle of a city that needs deliverance from drug addiction. Needs deliverance from alcoholism. Needs a de deliverance from all kinds of sin. And we're going right in the middle of where the giants are. But I've come to tell you, don't worry about the giants. Just get your eyes on the grapes. God has made a way. This city, this city is for us. It's for the kingdom of God. These people, they're bound right now, but they don't have to stay bound. I wish somebody lift their hand and worship God right. I want my giant food. I'm not going to focus on the enemy. I'm going to focus on the promise of God. I've come to tell somebody. I've got to tell somebody. You've got to quit focusing on the enemy and start focusing on the fruit. Raise your hand right now. I'm praying for the gift of faith to move in somebody's family, in somebody's life that you'll understand that God is well able to overcome whatever the enemy is sending your way. you got to focus on the fruit, not on the giant. Stand with me. I'm almost done. I know, I know it's a shocker. I can hardly believe it myself. You just have to remember everywhere there's giants. There's giant food. And you can't eat the giant's food without killing the giant. So 40 years, Joshua and Caleb are 
strapped with the unbelief of their brethren. And for 40 years, they are bound to walk in the wilderness because their family and friends didn't have enough faith to believe God that they could go forward. So now, 40 years later, Joshua's not the young man that he was way back then. 40 years in the wilderness has taken its toll on him, but it's also taught him a valuable lesson. Because now they come back to the same place where they turned back, Kadesh Barnea. And they're going to send out spies again. The first time they sent 12 spies. 10 had a bad report. The Bible called it an evil report. I'm not going to go so far as to say that always being negative is evil. But the Bible did call it an evil report. I didn't get very many amens there. Joshua said last time there were two of us that had a good report and ten that had an evil report. So now he's getting ready to send spies back into the land. And they're going into Jericho. But he doesn't send ten this time. He only sends two. Because he's learned a lesson that people that are negative and don't have faith can never get their promise. so he sends the two spies and when they get there they find out from Rahab that we'd heard about all the things that God's done for you and we knew that when you got here we didn't have a chance and we've just been waiting on you to realize it can I tell you tonight that my message is very simple my message is you ought to expect great things you ought to expect revival. You ought to expect your family to be blessed. You ought to expect healing virtue to flow in your life. Can I preach to you for a minute? You ought to expect miracles and signs and wonders. You ought to expect the blessing of the Lord. You ought to expect the goodness of God. You shouldn't wake up in the morning and say, I can't handle the giant. You ought to wake up in the morning and say, pass me my great. Pass me my giant food. I'm a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. I'm a child of God. If I was just a Canaanite, I wouldn't have no hope. But I'm a child of the living God. And he brought me out to take me in. I wish somebody would wave your hand to heaven right now and say, God, help me. Help me, Lord Jesus, to get my giant food. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Oh, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. When everybody else say, Pastor, you can't tell. Everybody knows how hard it is. Ten people said we can't. Two said we could. And when they finally got there, the two that said it had been right the whole time. Give me my giant food. As your hands are lifted all over this place and your eyes are closed
coming against the voice of the enemy tonight that tells you you can't make it. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not able. I'm here tonight to come against the voice of the enemy that tells a parent that you can't raise your children to know God. It's too hard. I've come tonight to speak to a wife that the devil's told you you can't save your marriage. It's too, it's too fractured. It's too broken. I've come tonight to tell somebody that struggled and battled and struggled with life and you're wondering, Am I ever really going to be able to overcome my past and all the things? I'm not here to tell you there's not giants in the land. I'm here to tell you there's giant food for God's people. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm just trying to speak faith into somebody's life tonight that you've battled and you've started to doubt and you've started to wonder, can I really reach my promise? I've come to tell you, yes, you can reach your promise. There is giant food for you. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands. I'm trying to quit, but I feel like I'm speaking directly to some people that have fought against fear this week. That your faith has been under attack. That you've wondered and you've struggled and you've fought and you've thought, God, I don't know if we can do it or not. I've come to tell you that God has a word for you. There is giant food for you. You can't have the grapes without fighting your giant. But there is victory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. As your eyes are closed all over this place. If I preach to you specifically tonight and you've had a battle of faith this week and you know that God's talking to you, I want you to step out from wherever you are, anywhere in this building, whether you're a guest, a member, whoever. But I want you to step out and I want you to find your way towards the altar. There's no, there's no shame. There's no shame in your faith being under attack. Bible said the trying of your faith will make it come forth as gold. I'm going to give you a minute, but I, I want you to come. I want you to press in. I want you to open the aisles up. I don't know if it's because we did a baby dedication right before I preached or if it's something I'm really feeling in the Holy Ghost, but I've come to tell parents you can raise your children in this generation to serve God and love God. You can do it. The Bible said the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. That means there's going to be people in the end time church that are going to be on fire for God and used of the Holy Ghost. And that's going to be us and our children. In the name of Jesus, step in close, step in close. Let's open the eyes. Let's, let's come in close. I want you to be close enough that you can lay your hand on somebody close to you because we'll pray for each other. Some of, some of you have had promises from God for your ministry. And you second guess what God's shown you. 
You ought to say, God, I want my giant food tonight. I want to walk out of here tonight having feasted on faith. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, let an infusion of faith come to your people tonight. God, we're living in a world that drains people. A world that drains faith. We're living in a world that drains people of hope. The struggles and cares of life often overwhelm. We can get a blessing on Sunday night and walk out feeling so full of the Holy Ghost. And life begins to challenge us on Monday. And we almost wonder, did I really get what I thought I got? Just remember, you can't eat giant's food if you don't fight giants. The presence of a giant in your life is proof that there's a blessing waiting for you. Because giants only defend giant food. I want you to pray one for another. I want you to pray for each other's faith. Lord, I stand against anxiety and fear. I stand against discouragement and depression. I stand against the giants of the land that would cause us to give up hope. And God, I pray for an infusion of faith in the hearts of your people tonight. I pray, God, for the gift of faith to begin to operate. In the name of Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, that's right, minister one to another. Maybe somebody's on your heart and they're across the way. Go to them and pray for them. Be led in the Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus. the word of God but you can be an overcomer you can have victory you can reclaim territory the enemy's taken you can have peace in your life you are not at the mercy of the enemy you are a child of the living God and God's eyes and heart is for you and on you his hand is working for you his mercy is with you
we go. The Bible in the King James Version says, be careful for nothing. The word careful actually means be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. And I just feel led in the Spirit. I believe I feel led of the Holy Ghost to pray for people that are dealing with levels of anxiety about different things in life. Maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your finances. I feel like I feel like we got a fair amount of people here that are anxious about getting married. Who are you going to marry? He's giggling, must be him. Such were some of you. I, I, I hesitated I hesitated to say it because I knew that people would be like, but I really feel like there's some folks, not just young people, I'm talking about other people in the church that are anxious about your future in regards to family relationships. Amen. I feel like praying about it. I feel like praying about it because God wants you to have peace because if you're not peaceful, then you get yourself in a rush. And if you get yourself in a rush, you may marry the wrong one. And then you're in a bind. It's all right. It's okay. I'm not preaching to you. Lord, in Jesus' name, God, I pray for peace. You are the God of all peace. Lord, I pray for people that are dealing with anxiety in many different areas of life. Fear that come, that brings torment, of worry, tossing and turning. Lord, I pray, God, that we would understand that you have put fruit in the land for your people. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken. God, I pray that you would grant peace that passes understanding. That when everyone around us are anxious about things, that you have given us peace that passes all understanding. You are the Prince of Peace. So God, I ask you, Lord Jesus, let those that have struggled to sleep and tossed and turned with fear and worry and dread, God, I pray you give them a good night's sleep tonight and renew them in body and spirit. Is this all right? Amen. I know this isn't angels and demons, but I'm telling you, this is real life. God, let them get rest for their spirit and rest for their mind and rest for their body. And Lord, I thank you, God, because you have given us many exceeding great and precious promises. And I lay hold of the promise that was represented by those grapes brought out of the promised land. Help me to be one of the voices of faith that will inherit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise.